Hi, everyone. Welcome to another amazing episode of Secrets from the Saddle podcast. And of course, we always start with coaches' announcements. Now, the first thing I want to say is that our contest is still going on. We're still giving out prizes every Friday for um, reviews. Now, make sure you put your Instagram handle because I haven't been able to find the last couple people um, for and thanking them for their reviews and to give them a prize, a giveaway. So that's the first thing. Don't forget to put out reviews and a rating and also share it with your fellow cyclists. I know that this episodes are going to touch hearts of everybody around the world. And it just goes to this one is the next one that's going to be so amazing. But before I get in there, I just have to share with you something that I am personally doing now. It's a four week cycling skills program. And what I love doing is I've been coaching online or coaching programs every winter for the last 16 years. And what I've done is I've taken the fundamental parts of the, the cycling skills program and I put them into different modules. So what does everybody want to learn? They want to learn how to become a more efficient cyclist. So in improving pedal stroke, they want to climb hills like a rock star and they want to be able to have great strength, power, and speed. And plus, let's not forget, putting it all together with nutrition so you don't bonk on your ride. Now, wouldn't it be great to have all of that in a four-week segment where you get to coach more one-on-one with me in my private Facebook group? So just go to the link in the description. Go to cycling. Well, here's the link. Cyclingskillspro.com cyclingskillspro.com or sylviedaou.ca. Either one will get you there. And we're starting July 8th. It's a private group, small. I'm only taking a certain amount of people because I really want to give a lot of value in this program, meaning we're going to have um, <clears throat> a weekly a weekly webinar where I'm going to teach in skills. I'm going to send you out with some homework and then we're going to do a Q&A. So you can come back and ask me all the questions that you have had while doing the while doing your rides while doing your drills and so that you can better understand how to become and implement all these skills isn't that amazing so four weeks in july let's do it make sure you subscribe or check it out so cyclingskillspro.com all right now for we're going to be talking about the author of this book promised land it's an amazing bio biography of Peter Kunstatz, um escaping World War II and be and coming here to Canada and starting a family-run business. This <clears throat> this man is amazing. Um, he has such a story to tell. Um, get this book. His writing style is so enlightening which means it's really good and entertaining. So just go, you can go to coonstats.ca. Um, I'll put a link in the bio and you can buy it from his bike shop. He has one of the largest bike shops in Ottawa region and he's a full supporter of downhill skiing because that's where they started. It's a really cool story. So get yourself a good reading book for the summer. All right, now listen to the episode with Peter. Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daou, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. 
My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. Welcome, everybody, to another amazing episode of Secrets in the Saddle, all things cycling with your host, Sylvie Deu. And we have a legend with us here. I would say a local legend, Peter Kunstad. And the reason why is they have one of the oldest, I think, uh, sports stores in the Ottawa region. They cater to so many sports from like downhill skiing to tennis, to cycling. And Peter is the father that he, it's a generational business. And I am so excited to um, have him here on the podcast, because like I said, this, um, this company is a legend. Um, it's it's uh, handed down through throughout the generations. And here's just a little bit of a background about Peter, because we are actually going to talk about his memoirs or his book that you can actually purchase on their website, kunstat.com, and uh, get your own copy. I have not. I literally picked it up this morning but I was able to brief through it a teensy bit, but we're going to get it from Peter. So here's a little bit of background of Peter. So Peter Kunstad grew up in Czechoslovakia, having survived the intermittent um, uh, internment during the Holocaust. He and his wife, Susan, came to Canada at the time of the Soviet occupation of their homeland in 1968. They, after enjoying a successful career of a professional engineer, Peter retired early to take on full-time duties in the family business. Kunstad Sports, an avid uh, racer, down, uh, avid skier, downhill racer, Peter tries, to, uh, tries hard to keep up with his sons and probably grandchildren now. Um, Eric and Ron on the slopes, tennis courts, and bikes trails. He and Susan live in Canada. So welcome to the podcast, uh, Peter. I'm so honored to have you here. Oh, thank you very much. And I am very honored for the, the introduction that I received because it's, uh, it's quite wonderful. <laughs> well, most, most of it is kind of true, but it's very nice how you, how you uh, presented. I, thank uh, you very much. So, oh, yes. Uh, so we're going to jump right in and Peter is going to like, we're going to talk about his history and, you know, coming to Canada, um, his passion for skiing because, and then his, the family business and, you know, just some of the history because we need to hear it. I mean, you can read about it but I want to hear it from Peter. So take it away. 
please. <laughs> okay, well there we go. I yes, like, as you as you said, I was I was born in Czechoslovakia, and uh, I, I think it could be said that I was born at the wrong time because uh, <laughs> shortly after I was I was born, we were in the middle of the Second World War, and uh, uh, my my uh, my parents, uh, well, being of of Jewish origin, that was not a great thing to be under under Nazi occupation in, in Central Europe. And uh, to make a long story short, uh, uh, my father ended up in, a, in an exter extermination camp. Very, very few people actually got out of there in Mauthausen in, in Austria. And uh, I was a baby uh, and I spent some quality time in a concentration camp with my mother. I was about a year and a half old when, uh, when the Russian army uh, liberated that that camp and uh, i don't remember anything i just know what my what my parents told me so i i don't want to dwell on this this is uh so i grew up in a in a communist system uh, uh, as i was as i was growing up in in uh uh elementary and and high school uh it was still the time of joseph stalin in in uh in uh, in, uh, in the east so it was a lot of that that kind of police uh police brutality and a lot of people died as a matter of fact uh, joseph stalin had uh, had uh, made, made a record uh, of of uh, actually destroying more lives than adolf hitler he actually killed more more people than than adolf hitler and the difference was that that adolf hitler just openly openly said that he wants to kill all this all, all the whole generation of of a certain or a certain uh, uh, group of people, like the the Jews, the, the gypsies, etc., etc. Uh, Stalin Stalin killed his own people. Anybody who disagreed with him, he killed them. He put him in jail, and they never came out. And and uh, as a matter of fact, my my family had uh, had an interesting. Well, it's not my family. My my wife's family had uh, had had one of the occasion, and and you will see it in a book. Her, her dad one day she was she was a, a young kid she was like seven years old i don't even know how old she was um, one day the police came at two o'clock at night and picked up her father they took him away at two o'clock at night and for two months nobody even knew where he was it was just they just they just took him away he was in jail he, he was actually sentenced for two years and, and nobody really knows exactly what the, what 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 he was accused of. Then 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 they just released him and and uh, anyway that just anyway. So this is where I grew up. And and if somebody thinks that that any that I'm very that I'm very conservative and and I'm very cons and and I and I resent anybody that that comes up with with all kinds of socialism communist ideas. Well, there you go. Maybe you know why. Because yeah. I, I lived it. I, I, I knew I knew what it was all about. And uh, anyway, so so there. Um, one of the big one of the big uh, milestones in my life. Uh, stop me if you if I'm telling you stuff that you don't don't want to hear. No, uh, you keep you you just talk, Peter. Because like, I mean, okay. thank you. I just want to hear it all, and I'm sure okay, like so, our listeners would are, are just want to hear it as well like you know it's it's amazing i mean i, I it, it is uh, i i just don't know who uh, if everybody is interested in that story uh, so one of the big milestones in my life was when uh, 
One of my, my, my mother's brothers, who lived in Colorado, in, in the United States, uh, came to visit. He, that was the first time he ever saw an American. He, he came to, to, our, to our town of, town of Kosice and, and uh, he came to visit. My mother had seven brothers. Oh. Some of them, some of them uh, didn't survive the war. Some of them didn't survive the concentration camps, but she still had a lot of brothers. And I have a whole bunch of cousins all over, all over the, the planet. Because how did they get, how did they defect and get to the States? Well, that was, okay. Well, then <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so he, he escaped. He escaped okay. when, when there was a, when, when there, there was a rumor of, of, uh, uh, there was a rumor of of the of the Nazi Nazi uh, or the, the German Germans uh, advancing on Czechoslovakia. He he crossed the, he crossed the bridge from from Bratislava, which is uh, now the capital of Slovakia. He crossed the bridge to to Austria. To uh, uh, Vienna is like fifty kilometers away from Bratislava. That's uh, that's almost oh, okay. uh, on the other side of the river Danube. And the interesting thing was that that uh, the last person who who saw him on that bridge was my father. And he was still not, not married to my mother. He was just, they were just whatever. So, so he, he escaped there and joined the, the Czech army in England. So okay. he, was, uh, he was in the, he, he was in the, in the Air Force fighting the Germans as a, as, as a, as a soldier, but it was, it was the, the Czech, it was the Czech military uh, fighting, fighting the Germans uh from from england so he he, he lived in england uh, where he actually met his uh, future wife and uh when the war was over he was he was in england and and he moved to and he moved to to uh the united states he moved to colorado and he moved to colorado because he grew up in the mountains right so he, he wanted to be back in a, in a country that resembled where where he grew up that was quite interesting i mean my mother was a, Near the um, ski yeah. hills too. <laughs> well, what's that? Near the ski hills too. Oh yeah, Colorado Springs. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so 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 my uncle comes to comes to to Slovakia to visit, and I was all I was all excited. I mean, I was uh, and and of course I was a student just just graduated high school, just uh, learned how to drive a car. So and we did have a car. We actually had a car. My father gave gave me the car. And let me drive my uncle around the country, and so he's driving me around, and and he's uh, he's taking me. Like I mean, we I, we went back to to where they were born, which is the Czech part of the of the country. Yeah, they are from Moravia, which is like sort of like the the, the eastern part of of uh, Bohemia, the Czech Czech Republic now. And uh, so we went to visit where where they were born, where they grew up, and all these things. It was very interesting for me. And then we went back to Slovakia, and and he and he just keeps telling me, you know, turn right, turn left, turn right, and stop here. I said, okay, well, we stop here. And my uncle was a tough guy. He was a, he was like a, you know like a, no no emotions, no nothing. <laughs> and there we are standing in front of a of a kind of a monument in in Banska Bystrica in Slovakia. And. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Oh, my, okay. my uncle is getting emotional, you know. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so later I found out that there was a there was a kiln. There was a kiln where where uh, his parents, my grandparents, 
perished. They were thrown in that in that kiln. Sorry. It's okay. So I never okay. I never knew about that. So so then then we just traveled a little bit and uh, I show him the mountains, the high Tatras, and we we did all these things. And and that at one point he said would you like to come and visit in Colorado? Because we got kind of close. <laughs> I said, of course, yeah, I, I want to go to America. I mean, who doesn't want to go to America, especially from that hellhole where I live? Yeah. And um, and so, so in 19, 1967, I was the lucky guy who actually went to, uh, uh, oh, that, you, I don't know if you heard of, of Prague Spring, uh, Anyway, so so he, he arranged he arranged the, the, the arranged it for me to to be able to visit, and so I ended up in Colorado Springs, uh, and I met with uh, with my with my with my cousins, uh, his his kids, and whatever. The interesting thing was was that on the uh, at the airport where they when they met me, first thing he says, and he said it in Czech, so his kids wouldn't under kids wouldn't understand. He says, "Don't tell them we are Jewish." I said, "Okay, whatever you say." You know, it was, it, they were so traumatized by, by all these things that happened during the war oh. that they, they hid, they hid their, their identity. He changed his name from, from Weinstein to, to Wells. So he's got a very American name. And my cousins, I now have a, a cousin in, in, uh, in uh, Colorado, Tony Wells and Denise Wells, and, you know, they're the American cousins. <laughs> <laughs> they are 100%, you know, uh, no, anyway, so there, there we are. So, so I spent, uh, I spent some real, real quality time in, in, in Colorado. I, uh, I, I knew, I, I thought I knew English when I, when I got there, but, but when, you know, when the plane landed in New York at Kennedy airport, that was the first stop. I didn't understand the word the Americans were saying because I learned English from some from some British teachers, and uh, <laughs> I didn't understand a word. <laughs> well, there's a lot of American dialect. <laughs> well, know. I mean, it was New York. I mean, I I, I don't even know. Uh, anyway, so uh, I but I I survived. I, I managed to to change planes. Uh, went to Chicago, then from Chicago to Denver, then from Denver to. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I managed all that, you know, uh, with my with my broken English, and uh, so. So I landed. I landed there in Colorado Springs, and I spent uh, I spent nine months in Colorado. I was skiing. I was doing stuff. But oh, the more, wow. most important thing was, yeah. And I met I, I met a general that uh, you know my my uncle was in a civil air patrol, so he had something, some connection to the the the, the armed, armed 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 forces. So this this general, you know, he he heard that I was on a national team of Czechoslovakia skiing, so he wanted to ski with me. Oh, so, uh, cool. so he took me to Vail a few times. We were we skied together. It was quality time, anyway. So, uh, um, but uh, but uh, the important thing was that that uh, I got a job. I got a sort of a part-time job at at the Denver Equipment Company where they make make pumps and and so on and so on. And so I I learned first of all first of all I learned English and, and from my from my cousins and. And I learned, and I learned the, the technical stuff. As an, I was already an engineer, but I couldn't understand. I, I couldn't understand the drawings. I couldn't, you know, they they use the the, the fractions, uh, inches. Right, right. And, uh, so I learned all that, and and uh, and and later, 
1968, when I when I got to to Canada, I, I was ahead of everybody because I I spoke fluent I spoke fluent English. I understand to the drawings on my resume there was a there was nine months or or maybe six months at Colorado uh, at Denver Equipment Company company at, at Colorado Springs. So I you know I I came to Montreal and and I actually I actually had to refuse two jobs. Because oh. I, I got three offers and I only could take one. So people were pissed <laughs> off. People were really upset. So, <laughs> saying, Peter, who did do you, you think you are? You just got off the airplane and, you, no. and you're refusing my job. How lucky are you? So did you, after Colorado, did you go back to Czechoslovakia and then to Montreal? Remember I mentioned, I mentioned the Prague Spring? Yes. Yeah. While I was in Colorado, things have changed in, in, uh, in Czechoslovakia. Um, for there was the uh, there was the there was the precursor of, of what happened with Gorbachev when, when the communist system completely fell apart. But at that time, uh, the uh, the uh, uh, there was a there, there was a there was a political movement that was uh, that was referred to as the Prague Spring. So okay. suddenly, suddenly the the leader who, who was. Uh, uh, Alexander Dubček, you may have heard that name. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter. I mean, uh, he, he was the, the the leader of the of the country at the time, and he decided that that people should get some freedom. You know, that freedom of expression, which we never had. I mean, when you when you said something that the government didn't like, they put you in jail, just like yeah. that. <laughs> it was very efficient, very efficient system. You know, like, uh, anyway. So so that was that. And and while while I was in Colorado, I was alone. I was lonely, I, and I was kind of homesick, and the other, and, and, and so on. And then I then I heard all, about all these great things that are happening back in in, in Czechoslovakia. So I I I, um, I said, you know, why don't I just go back? I, we already had made arrangements that Susan would come and join me, and we would get married somewhere. And okay, so this is where I'm getting at. When did you meet your wife? I met her. I met her uh, when she was five years old. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. That's another part of the story. I mean, we, <laughs> uh, okay. well, cause like, I was like, okay, you're in Colorado. I know that you came to. Oh, uh, like, she was already, uh, yeah, we, we were only dating. I mean, I, I she was oh, okay. five years younger than me. So for a long time, she was too young for me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a teenager, I was not interested. I mean, she was like 10 years old. I mean, uh, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> But our parents, but our parents were friends. Oh, okay, okay. And so we kind of grew up to, together, and, and okay, uh, I got it. At, at one point, <laughs> you know, at one point, my mother and her mother, I, I think they they made, I don't know, I, I'm not saying it was arranged. <laughs> they kind of um, made like a little arrangement, so like at, uh, your son and my daughter, did, and that's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So you I, guys I was, were I was dating some other girls and and I just broke up with uh, with my girlfriend of six years and whatever and suddenly all of a sudden little Susan needed new skis and oh. who, who would be the expert to 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 help her buy the skis? Well, guess who? So <laughs> well we went so we went to buy her skis and then we bought, bought skis and then we needed to put the bindings on. So, like, we went to her, to their house. I, I used to go there frequently. Anyway, uh, so this is I back said, oh, in well, Czech. But you, oh yeah, this yeah. is be this is before I mean, yeah, you went kids. to I mean, Colorado. Yeah, yeah. So you're on the ski team. And oh, you're yeah, like sure. after high school, and she 
is now yeah. grown girl room woman and you're like hey uh, <laughs> it was big okay, perfect to so you guys yes, okay yeah. you guys were together before you went we had all the features went to Colorado and you were I just had to yeah, get that so, in. I'm like, where does season okay, so, fit in so, here? <laughs> I don't know how much time you have because this is <laughs> well. No, I I know that there's Susan's been in there. So, so you're in Colorado. You went back, and you got okay. her. Okay. So so yeah. Okay. So so I I was I was homesick and and uh, so we said you know let's get out of let I I I'll go back home and and uh, and we'll uh, we start again. Uh, like with hindsight, that was the dumbest thing I have ever done. <laughs> I mean, I left, I, I left, I left North America, went back to, in, into that crazy place, you know, right? that was silly. Anyway, so I, so I'm back in, 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 in but, but, but I, I made some money in, in, uh, at, at, uh, at the Denver Equipment Company. So I made enough money to pay my uncle back for the, uh, for the air, airfare, which was not very much. And, uh, and I had enough money to to buy a new car. There, there was a there was a system in in Czechoslovakia where you could get a pre preferential preferential uh, uh, way of purchasing things uh, if you had dollars. But of course, I had dollars. Right. So so they had uh, they had uh, they, they had a, an, an outlet in New York. So on my way back, I stopped in New York in that in that company called Tuzex. And I bought myself a, a, a Fiat 850, a brand new car, seventeen hundred dollars tax and delivery included. Whoa! One thousand seven hundred dollars, yeah. brand new car. Yeah, that was back a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so I, I thought, you know, this is it. I mean, I, I I'm cool. I'll, I'll be in Slovakia, Czechoslovakia, and I'll have a, I'll have a car. I mean, how much better can it get? So I get there and I land in Prague, and the first thing I knew, I, I met. I met the, the first uh, uh, customs officer that I met in Prague. I said, oh, you idiot. What? Look, I suddenly I knew that I made a big mistake. That was just dumb. She was yelling at me. I carried my skis with me and, and, then, and she, she, gave me a, she gave me hell for inconveniencing her with, with all my junk and all that. Oh, <laughs> I said, oh yeah, here we are. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, so I, I but, but I mean, there was a lot of positives because I came back home and I was, uh, you know, I met Susan, my parents came there and uh, it was very nice. So the next day we, we and, and I, and I was going to pick up that, that baby blue Fiat at Tuzek's in at the Tuzek's office in Prague. Uh -huh. So I get to, so I get to Prague and, and the, the next day we, uh, I, I go with Susan. I said, let's go and, and get, uh, pick up my car. I had the documents. We showed up, I, we showed up at the, at, at that place. I said, hey, I came up, I came to pick up my baby blue Fiat. And this lady says, well, we have no cars at all. I said, what do you mean? I just paid for it. <laughs> oh, wow. No. <laughs> okay. So, so her uncle who happened to be, it's funny how, how, how things happen because her uncle, um, Eugene Steiner, um, was, uh, happened to be, going to to uh, elementary school with my father in Bratislava. I don't know how that happened, but this was uh, it was uh, her mother's cousin. And he was a wheeler dealer, like he knew his way around. So uh. Susan, Susan calls him and he says, uh, you know, uh, we're trying to pick up that car and they are telling us there is no car. He says, do you have any dollars? Do you have any cigarettes? I said, yeah, I got cigarettes, I got dollars, whatever you want. Uh, so we go and, and he goes, 
he starts it at, 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 the, at, the, at the office, gives somebody a dollar, gives somebody a pack of cigarettes, another, like the corruption, like you would never believe. I mean, after, after a few- It just took a pack years, of cigarettes to get your car? Well, yeah, I mean, after a few <laughs> dollars, after a few, few cigarettes, Suddenly we were in a, in a big field of Fiat. That was like a, it, it was like a, it was like a big field of Fiat. I'll take it. And not only that, not only uh, that, but, but, uh, so, so this uncle even, even uh, uh, bribes that guy that, that was watching the, the, the parking lot there. And this guy says, oh, would you like to, and he winks. He says, oh, would you like a damaged car? I said, well, show me what the damage is. I mean, I couldn't find the damage. There was no damage. <laughs> so I got a, I got a white Fiat, not the, not the baby blue. That was a, one of the things. But yeah. I also got three hundred dollars back. Oh. I got some. I got a car and 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 the U.S. dollar cash. You know, like a, whatever the equivalent. Nice. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so there we had the, we had the Fiat, and it was all good. Um, and. Uh, Okay, I have to skip here because it's just. It's oh just yeah. Two. So um, now you got Susan, and you're back. So I got Susan, and and we and and, and you go back and, to so Canada. That was May when I got there. Then then came then came the summer, and and we were gonna go with the, with a whole bunch of friends to camp, in Romania to the to the Black Sea to to the seaside of, and and because uh, yeah anyway so so we uh, we uh, we are camping there. And for whatever reason, for some reason, we got there a, a, a few days later than our friends. Um, so we, we joined them at the, at the beach. We set our tent and, and so on. And then, then their, their vacation was over and we still, had, we still have a few days. So we stayed, we stayed alone for, for a few days. And um, so, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, the campsite, the campsite in Romania is not like the campsite that you know. There is no nothing reserved. You come to the beach, park your car, and put up your tent. So oh, some people like would that put tents in front, <laughs> in front of other people's tents, and oh, it was a chaos. So 21st of August, 1968, August 21, 1968. I am, I am sleeping in my tent all by, you know, minding my own business, and Susan is waking me up. She says, we, we are being occupied. I said, oh, leave me alone. <laughs> I want to sleep. <laughs> she says, but we are being occupied. I said, well, okay. Well, I wake up in the morning and I'll be a, go argue with the guy who put the tent in front of mine. And so she keeps on, she keeps on uh, arguing with me that, that you know, you got to get up. You got to get up. And so what happened was that, that um, the Russians were not comfortable with all the freedoms that uh, Dubček gave to, 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 Czechoslovak, uh, to Czechoslovak nation. And so uh, he, uh, so the Russians uh, took took all our, our brothers, our friends, the Warsaw Pact, the Hungarians, the Poles, the the East Germans, etc., uh, uh, etc., et uh, and and attacked Czechoslovakia. They did like they they landed in Prague with tanks and and airplanes and everything, and beat the crap out of everything. I mean, they the the there was a, a war zone. They, and you guys are they, camping. <laughs> it was not the camping. There was, there was not the camping she was worried, worried about. <laughs> I didn't know that. Wow. <laughs> she, she heard about, about what happened, right? And, and Ceausescu, you know, the, the president of Romania, said, he refused to participate. So, I, so we kind of said, okay, now Romania is not participating. That kind of pissed off the Russians. 
We are in Romania. That's going to be bad news. You know, we got to get out of here. Either we go back home quickly or we don't go home and never go home. <gasps> so. Did you go straight you know, to the airport? No, we were, we, we were, we had a car. We were, we were in. Yeah. We oh, were you in, just in, started uh, we driving. On the beach with the car. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so we, we kind of, you know, so anyway, so, so we were, we were kind of deciding, uh, making decisions and, and um, uh, we decided that we're going to go west. We're going to go away. And uh, the, the, the first country that, that we were able to get into, the, uh, that, that was sort of like between communism and, uh, and, and, uh, and the West, was Yugoslavia. Oh, okay. Yugoslavia was, was a communist country, but they, there was a lot of freedoms there. And, uh, and they were not happy with what the Russians did, so they helped uh, the Czechoslovakians. So, uh, so we... Uh, we went to uh oh yeah so i so i i stopped i uh, i i stopped at a bank because i had some vouchers that i needed to cash before we went and so i go in that bank and i and i get some romanian cash that was a big deal to have money there i mean and, uh, okay long story so i get i get out of the bank and there is another fiat beside mine and susan is sitting in the other car i go wow that's gonna be somebody i know so <laughs> So there is there is our friend Igor Kropac. He was a guy. It was a, he was a, on a national team water polo player, and and so Susan meets them on the street. That bumps bumps into them accidentally. She says, "Where are you going?" Uh, they said, "Well, we're going home." You know, the cars had no radio, so they had no idea what was going on. So she so she told them she told them what's going on, and uh, and uh, Igor, you know, he was like kind of. <laughs> very a decision maker he says that's it we're going with you don't worry don't worry i have money i have i have german money don't worry about it so i said oh, okay wow. fair enough so i will pay for everything in romania then maybe cross the border then then we'll use your money you know what he had he had five deutschmarks that's like three dollars <laughs> he thought he thought he was rich <laughs> So you're enough okay, for so, gas. <laughs> okay, well, back, but not, not even for gas. I mean, it was just <laughs> okay, so so we get to so we get to the border between Romania and Yugoslavia, and of course there is a big lineup because all the Westerners are getting the hell out of uh, out of you know from behind the mm -hmm. the Iron Curtain, and um, uh, there is a big lineup, and and you know something again that you wouldn't understand probably. In order to to leave your country, not only do you need the visa for, of the country that uh, where you want to go, but you have to get exit visa, a permit from your from your government mm. to leave. And of course, we got to the, the the Yugoslavian border, and I said, "Well, no, you cannot go because uh, you don't have that you don't have that uh, that that permit." The only person that had that permit was me. I happened to have it. Because oh. my uh, this, uh, another long story. My father was going to a conference in Belgrade, and 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 he wanted me to be with him, so he gave got me that that, that permit. So anyway, so we are so now we are on on a Romanian border, have have nowhere to go. We were stopped, and and the, so the guy says so. So we said so. What do we have to do? Oh, you have to go to the the, the Czech embassy and 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 get uh, and and get the permit. But the Czech embassy was back in Bucharest. That's like back 400 kilometers, you know, 400 kilometers yeah. on those on those 
on those uh, roads with with the potholes that are potholes that were bigger than my car. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so. Uh, so did you give him some cigarettes? <laughs> no, no, I, I wasn't. I wasn't as smart as as, as the, the uncle. But uh, so we were looking for. So so Igor and I decided that we'll take one car and go back to Bucharest, and we find a we find a hotel for the girls. That he actually had a son, a two year old boy. Oh. So, so for the two two girls and and a, and a boy, and so we're looking for for a hotel. And while we're doing that, my my girlfriend at that time, Susan, she says, uh, "But but Belgrade is only sixty kilometers on the other side of the border. Why don't uh, how about that?" I said, "Oh yeah, that's a great plan." So, so, but the problem was that only I could go to Belgrade. So, so we decided that that's what we do. Oh, okay. And we we kind of agreed that that we will uh, we will meet on the border the next day at ten o'clock or whatever time. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know that that the border looks like 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 in the movies. You know, like the, there is the, the zigzag kind of uh, road, so you couldn't go fast, and then water water barriers, all this kind of stuff. Right. And and I, and of course, you always would have to have a guy with a machine gun there on the on the border, right? <laughs> We'll never never want to be like that so anyway so so we already have driven the whole night and it's the morning and and uh it's kind of uh, kind of night again and and uh i i i went i i took all their passports so i went to yugoslavia with everybody's passport uh but i i only was allowed to go yugoslavia and not allowed to go back so we had to meet at the border and I would have to hand them the, the passports. So uh, I said, well, that's what I, I do what I have to do. And then they were able to pass into Yugoslavia and you guys oh, would. They would be, they, they would be, yeah. <laughs> it's not exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Okay, yeah, all right. So I, so I, so I got across the, the border. There was a guy that needed a ride. He asked me for a ride. I, I said, well, sure, of course. I give you right. I would even appreciate if you could drive, but he couldn't drive. He didn't know how to drive. Not that not everybody had cars over there. Uh, so uh, he he took me to his home and he was very kind to me. He says, "In the morning, I'm going downtown in in Belgrade. Uh, I can take you to the to the Czech embassy and then whatever." So I said, "Yeah, perfect." So we went to um, the Czech embassy. I, I said goodbye to him. And then there was this young, there was this young young consul, and and he said, "Hey, uh, he knew my name. He like he he knew me from. Well, I was on a national team. I mean, I, I and, and oh. Igor. So like he was like he was a kind of a sports fan, so he knew uh, who I was. You're like, oh no problem. Here here we go. And they were and they oh. were mad at the oh Russians. my gosh. Anyway, so they gave us they gave me all that thing, except they they have written in in the Czech language." Uh, Yugoslavia allowed in all the passports. I said, okay, that's perfect. So <laughs> little did I know, you know, I come the next morning onto the border and they, they walk up to me and we are now beside that guy with the machine gun. And, uh, and they, they took the passports proudly and go and, and go to, to the border to cross the border and come and join me. And and I I was smart enough to turn turn the car around and have the engine running and I was just waiting for them. I I look around and next thing I see they are coming walking. I said, hey, what happened, guys? Oh, and they were very they were very upset. 
because the Romanians, they, they don't understand Czech. The Romanian is a Latin language, you know. They would understand French better than they would understand Czech. Oh. Yeah, Romanian is not a Slavic language. Um, so anyway, this, the, the guy couldn't understand it, so he said, forget it, you can't do it. But a lot of Romanians speak Hungarian, and we speak Hungarian. We, we learn Hungarian because we came from a bilingual city. And so we are standing there and wondering what to do, you know, and, 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 and then just commiserating with each other. And while we are doing that, we are talking, and, and Igor is talking in, in Hungarian with this soldier with the machine gun. And he's like having small talk with him and having fun with him, you know. And, and uh, while he's talking Hungarian with this, this guy with the machine gun, he says, get in the car and get the hell out of here. In, in Slovak, you know, like in, so, so the, the, the soldier didn't understand. So there I was, <laughs> I, then I, so there, there we got in, in my car and, and everybody on the front seat because the back seat was full of camping gear, right? The little, that's a little car, you know, it's a little I know, it's a little know, car. Like a, <laughs> yeah, it's a Fiat 850, it was, it's about as big as a, it's a 500 that, that you have here. But it's got a back seat, right? Like a it's very a back seat, but but I had I had my camping gear on the back seat because the trunk was nothing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So everybody was sitting on the front seat of a of a little Fiat, <laughs> and I am driving, and I'm going to say, "Oh, this guy's going to panic and shoot the crap out of us." And so next thing we know, we we get we get in Yugoslavia. I turn behind the building. I said, "Here it is. We are safe." And then it dawned, dawned on me. So here I am in Yugoslavia with two with two girls and a kid. How am I gonna take care of everybody? What where's am I where's do? uh oh so well, he Igor, was distracting us? was back in Romania because he, he told us to get the hell out of there, but but he was still there, right? <gasps> Did you ever see him again? Yeah. Well, we, we sent him a message to say that you know just leave the car behind and walk over. Walking was possible. And so about two hours later, Igor's wa Igor walks up and he said, and we said, well, good for you. We left the car. He said, well, I didn't leave the car. The car is coming. <laughs> so he found some Italian guys. I don't know how he spoke with them because he doesn't speak as Italian. They don't speak Slovak or Hungarian or whatever. I don't know how he explained it to them, but make a long story short. <laughs> it's already a long story. Uh, they, <laughs> this is good. They, showed, they, they took his car. They so Italian car. They showed an Italian passport, and the Romanian let them go. And he walked over. That's it. So there we were in Romania with two cars. Uh, everybody was there, and we had five Deutschmarks. Oh <laughs> gosh! There we were. So anyway, and so, so and then this led all of you guys, or just you and Susan, coming over to Canada. Oh, it was just me and Susan coming to Canada. Yeah. Okay. They. They. Uh, I mean, we, uh, yeah, okay. So, so in, in Belgrade, the, the, the Yugoslavians took care of us and uh, we, 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 we stayed in a, in a university dormitory and, and we, we had three meals a day and they, they took care of us. They were very nice to us and they really hate the Russians. So it was a good, it was a good, <laughs> good arrangement. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and, we went, and we went to every embassy of, of the world, but nobody was ready because it was just, it just happened three days before that. We were at the Canadian embassy, but unfortunately, they said, oh, yeah, we, we, we would love to have you, but uh, we have to wait for for instructions from Ottawa. Can you wait right. three weeks? I said, I can't wait three weeks. Said, what am I going to do here for three weeks? So so Igor actually had a, had an uncle or, or somebody in, in uh, Germany 
who who vouched for us and let us come over. So we we uh, we, we drove our cars uh, to to Germany and and uh, ended up there. Uh, while we were in Germany, uh, Susan's parents, like Susan's dad, actually was already in in uh, in the in the Cologne area looking for a job because they were so feeling so guilty during that that time they said you go you, you go where you want and and see if you can he was a he was a doctor he was a oh he was a pediatrician right oh so he was already established he was already uh, you know so we uh we, we there is a lot of story in between there but i mean we met we for met everybody you're gonna have to read the book to get all the stories we're just gonna get like <laughs> how much more time do we have <laughs> well let's get I to canada did, i still didn't make it to canada I still didn't yeah make let's it get to canada <laughs> okay so 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 i just yeah so we met so we met susan's parents in 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 germany and and uh and so we, we we moved to Cologne, you know, actually to Leverkusen. That's a suburb of Cologne. That's uh, you know, where Bayer Bayer uh, uh, companies, the, yeah. the the aspirin company. That's yeah. in Leverkusen. That's a suburb of 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 Cologne. Okay. Anyway, so uh, yeah, um, and of course, first thing I was I was looking for a job. I wanted to get some money because I I I said when we when we crossed the border to Germany, I I told Susan, listen. I will. I'll do whatever you want, but I'm not staying in Germany. I'm not living here. I said, okay, fair enough. <laughs> so <laughs> it's too many Germans there, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> and I was still close to after the war, and I, I, I had all these prejudices, and I, I just couldn't deal with it. Now I have lots of very good friends who are German, and it's all good. But um, so I, I found a job at at Ford Motor Company. They gave me a job, and that. so so for for a, for a month or two, I, I was working there in, in quality control, and and I made a I made a few bucks. <laughs> they tried to they they tried to sell me a Ford car all the time. I said, I, <laughs> I mean, in that big Ford Ford parking lot, mine was the only Fiat. <laughs> anyway, so uh, and then and and then one one of these days, we we found out that uh, that the Canadian. That the Canadian government was was giving uh, the Czech refugees a chance to to do it, and of course we were, you know, like so. The first thing we went, we, we drove to to uh, Düsseldorf, where there was a Canadian consulate, and there was a young young consul, young young guy. Everybody, and and we we hit we hit it we hit it up off with him right away because uh, I spoke English well. Susan spoke a little bit English. Um, uh, but I could speak the kind of uh, uh, teenager, teenager slang that the Americans, uh, <laughs> and uh, and we were young and we were healthy, we were tanned, and it was all, it was all good. So he, <laughs> he 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 was he was telling us about his Porsche, like the the car. He says he can make he can make a ninety degree curve at at, at hundred kilometers an hour. I said, well, good for you, man. I'm proud of you. But <laughs> <laughs> he didn't care. But like I said, do you want to go to Canada tomorrow? We said, no, no, but give us a week or two because we have to break it to, to, to Susan's parents. Uh, so uh, anyway, so so that's how we uh, uh, that's how we ended up in Canada. I mean, uh, when they asked us where we want to go, there was one person in, in the whole country of Canada that that we knew. Uh, that was uh, Susan's father's cousin. He's oh. an architect. He was an architect in Montreal, 
And so we, we went to Montreal. So we, uh, we went to Montreal straight there. And uh, okay. so now we are in Canada and, and uh, Susan's uncle is uh, taking care of us and uh, helping us find a job. And, and, and like I told you, you know, I, I, my, my resume was so, so impressive for them because I, I could speak English. I had an American experience. I had a master's yeah. degree in, in engineering and that was all cool. So I, I, I actually refused the job with Dominion Bridge and, uh, and another company, I forgot who, who they were. And I, and I got hired by Canadian Vickers, a company that, uh, that uh, builds big, big build. At, at that time, they built big ships and oh, big wow. stuff and also, and also components for reactors. That's an important item because, uh, because that, that affected me 10 years later. Okay. So we were building, we were building uh, components for, for Kandu reactors. Yeah, and so I learned all, all about this stuff, and and I, and I made a bit of a career there. I was a, I became a chief industrial engineer, so I was in charge of, uh, of uh, labor estimating and and all kinds of stuff like that. So, I I, I was uh, I, I knew Atomic Energy of Canada because because they were my customer. They were our company's customer. So ten years later, uh, anyway. So I made a bit of a career there, and we bought a yeah. house and. And we had two kids, Eric and Ronnie. Yeah. So, yeah. so they, they where are, they did, were born, born in Montreal, yeah. Okay, so where does Kunstats the store come from? Because it says you took the family business. Who had Kunstats before you? Nobody. We created, oh. we created like right here, like you're looking at it. I mean, this is my business. Yeah, okay. This is where so, our business started. Okay, so when did you start Kunstads? We we started here in in the house, right here, like I'm two meters from here. Wow. <laughs> we started here uh, in 1988. 88. Okay, so yeah. let's go back. Um, all right, hold on. Okay, so 78, you moved to Ottawa. And That's you right. had the kids, you had Eric and Ronnie. Yeah, Eric and Ronnie were... Well, yeah, no. Eric was born in 69 and Ronnie in 70. So, so they were teenagers. Yeah. Now, but they were like, you, you know, they were young adults. What made you, okay, so let's get into the mind process about getting, like starting a sporting good store. Like you were an engineer, oh, you moved to Ottawa. You know, Eric, well, that's a, it's a it's a good question. You know, Eric when he was a kid, yeah, he he had this thing. He says, Eric used to say, "I will never have a boss." I said, "Okay, well, good luck to you, man." <laughs> and you know what? He never had a boss. <laughs> <laughs> that was like you know. I mean, it it, it worked out for him. I mean, he was. A, I can see that. <laughs> he was. A, yeah, he he is very. He's kind of a born born en entrepreneur. Yeah. And I'm very proud of that because I, I grew up in that, in that oppressive system uh -huh. and I, I have no background with, with, you know, like I, I, you know, I don't buy anything even today. I don't buy anything that I cannot pay for. I don't owe money for a car or I don't right. have a mortgage. I have nothing. You know, if I, if I need a car, I'll buy a car that I can pay in full. And, and, and that so is very smart. Okay. But you cannot run, you cannot run a successful business like that. Yeah. And, and Eric is much smarter than that. Yeah. So, okay. So you were in Montreal working as an engineer. 
what brought you to Ottawa? Okay, in one word. Yeah. Uh, Rene no, Levesque. not one word. You could. <laughs> Rene Levesque, two words. What? Rene Levesque. Oh, Rene Levesque. Oh, you left Quebec. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was 1970, 1976 or seven when when he got elected. Right. And we kind of, you know, and and suddenly there were all kinds of new rules, you know, and and we. And we overreacted, we kind of panicked because a lot of our friends just stayed there and everybody was happy. I mean, I, I said, you know, like once again, somebody's telling me what I'm allowed to do and what I'm not allowed to do and this and the right. other. And I said, well, let's get the, so let's get the hell out. No, no big rush. I mean, we were not, not, not in a big hurry, but uh, I, I said, well, we gotta, we gotta move. So then you had to leave your job. So yeah, I had, I had to leave my job. So I, to move to I had my job. I was looking for another job. They didn't have to know, right? Right. And uh, out of many out of many contacts, I, I made a contact with Atomic Energy uh, of Canada. Who who knew who actually those people actually knew me. Some of them, and uh, I had a probably a pretty good reputation. So anyway, make a long story short again, and another long story. I, I got <laughs> hired by Atomic Energy of Canada in in canada you know the commercial product yeah yeah it's now called uh, norion it was privatized it was privatized by by uh, brian Mulroney. Oh, okay it was used to be atomic energy of canada you know the the crown corporation and then it was privatized so, so it's a private company now anyway so i i i I got hired by Atomic Energy and then I retired from norion but it's the same place oh <laughs> same so building same yeah now we're okay so 78 right you moved to ottawa and 88 you started kunstad sports or eric started it well we eric started start it together it? no i i, I you started, started together eric. i mean he was a kid i mean he was a well yeah he, he would have been like he was under 20. Old. he was 18. 18 yeah 19 yeah Okay, so you guys started together. So we started in my basement while I kept my, my full-time job. Right. So we were like, you know, it, it all started by, uh, uh, of all things, we, we purchased a, a tennis racket stringing machine because the, the, the boys were playing tennis and were breaking strings all the time and we couldn't keep up with the, with the payment. <laughs> and, so, and so we went to, we went to buy a second-hand stringer and so we started stringing their rackets. And as they were stringing rackets, we, we said uh, they, were, they were going to tournaments and, and they offered the, the string services to their friends. And suddenly we were stringing rackets for other people. And we always, from the beginning, we, we, we did service, you know, real good service. You would go mm -hmm. and pick up your racket, string it, take it back to you. We didn't make any money, but uh, but it was always good service. Then came winter and we were racing, we were ski racing, tuning our skis. And so we said, yeah, well, uh, we we already have a clientele. Let's let's tune skis for people. So there we were, we were, we were tuning skis. And uh, and of course I kept my, my job. I, I was, uh, you know, <coughs> that, was not a, that was not a business that you could make a living with. The guys were in school. Uh, Ronnie was at, at Ottawa U, Eric was at Algonquin <laughs> studying business actually, Ronnie studied PZ. <coughs> Just a second, Peter.
don't know where <laughs> is that came from. Is it something I said? No. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's not like, what I said. <laughs> I didn't well, this you, is right? really interesting because, like, I know, like, um, so you start with stringing tennis rackets. And I know if I go to the the store on Bank Street, like near second and third, right at the door, there's like a tennis right. stringing um, machine. Yeah. Oh, we string rackets. I mean, that's a big, it's a big thing. And and the quality, you know, we, we have, we have the best machines now and yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Wow. So then you okay. moved into skiing. So then skiing and, but we were still in my house, you know, un, until, until 1993, you know, I, I was on a- Oh, I no way, one. really? 93? Okay, that's pretty normal. So for so five that's years- like, That's so like five, five years. years. We were doing it from our house, from my house, you know. Yeah, and then you're like, uh, you need to get a location, because like- <laughs> Well, it was like, it was like that, you know, like one day I came from a business trip, because I was traveling for, uh, you know, anyway, so I come from a business trip, and my basement is full of secondhand ski boots and stinks like a, like an old gym, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. Eric says, I said, what the hell is this? Eric says, we are opening a store. Oh. <laughs> I said, well, okay, man. So, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, he just freaked me out. Anyway, so, you know. that like, good. The, the you're going to move this out of my basement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the kind of, uh, he wanted, right? And he did. So the Kanata wow. store, we rented a little corner in that in that building that that is today our Kanata store. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's the original store, the Kanata. Yeah, yeah oh. I mean, uh, I mean, originally it was a, there was a restaurant, there was a dentist, there was all kinds of different businesses there, and we just rented a, a little space, very mm -hmm. small space, uh, and and we only had secondhand stuff because you couldn't. Uh, you couldn't get any any new 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 equipment. Nobody would sell it to you, you know. So so we started in nineteen. That was August nineteen ninety three, and I still kept my job because the you know I, I I gave I gave the the and I was working there every day. I mean we had the I was for 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 the first three years I was the only mechanic, so I I would I would go to work. And at lunchtime, I would go to the store and repair a bicycle and go back to work. Aww. And after work, I would go and fix bikes and I would take a three week vacation and I was working in a store and, and I didn't, uh, and I didn't get any salary. I was just, uh, I was just helping my kids. I was just doing Well, that. that's, that's usually what happens. So they, so they went from tennis to skis, then into bikes. Yeah, and and we we tried we tried other things. We tried hockey, we tried golf, and and all uh, kinds of stuff. And then you learn, you know, that that you do what you're good at. I mean, we know skiing, we know tennis, we know bikes, right? And and let let the guys who are experts in 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 golf do the golf. I mean, uh, and and that's what. So just focus on on servicing, or giving good service <clears throat> to, to customers, and and be mm -hmm. uh, you know be efficient and and quality and and so on. You know, many people are, are happy to pay a little extra for for extra quality and extra service. Oh, definitely. Because, yeah. And and yeah. we and we are we are our prices are very competitive. I mean we are not you know we are not expensive. I mean, so hey Peter. Yeah. Was your last name always Kunstadt? Yeah. Okay. Mine so from, okay, so you Mine. never ended up changing your name. 
No, I didn't change my name. I mean, it was no. Oh, okay, okay. I just wanted my, just to my uncle, like my your cousin changed, changed his name, name when he went it's to funny, the state, I have, so. My mother <laughs> had seven brothers, and they have three different names. Oh. One is called one is called Wells in in Colorado, one is called Svoboda in Prague, and and two or three of them were called Vinaritsky. That that's sort of like a loose translation of Weinstein, you know, into Czech. Oh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> you couldn't tell, you know, like I have I have cousins that have different names, and they are all first first cousins. Oh wow! Okay, but that's, oh my uh, that's, gosh, your your uh, family name, tree must. I changed look. <laughs> my my name is. I mean, the family suffered because of having that name, but uh, uh, it's all good. We, we are, we're okay. Okay, so I, I was just wondering, so Kunstad Sports, that makes sense, your last yeah. name. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, oh, yeah, and we called it Kunstad Sports even when we were in the basement. Right. I have I have some old posters here from from 1988. On, oh, still, my I gosh. I, I, awesome. I maintain that workshop. I still tune my skis there, and I... It's my it's my workshop. It's still there. I, so uh, <laughs> yeah. So then came then came 1999, and uh, uh, and the business was going was was progressing was yeah. was becoming established, and we had we, we had a lot of new uh, new skis, new bikes, you know, and I mean we still we still traded in second hand, but we we had we, we had an, an impressive line of new products, and. Uh, and the kids, and, and I remember we had a meeting at Mont Tremblant. We were skiing at Mont Tremblant, first day of opening of 1999, December 1999. Like officially the hill? Yeah, first day they opened the hill in 1999. Oh, no way. No, no, when they opened the season. I mean, they, they were open. Oh, season. okay, okay. All right. And so we, we, sat, we sat in the cafeteria and, and, and Ronnie says, well, how, how much longer are you going to work in that in, in that in that Nordion? Why don't you just join us here? <laughs> and I told him how much how much I'm being paid there. He said, "Oh, we can't." <laughs> well, I said, "Never mind." You know, so I. <laughs> but, but I mean, we we talked about it, and we, we we kind of came to a conclusion that I can take a retirement. Uh, so I took an early retirement, uh, which. Uh, which decreased my decreased my pension, but I got a, some kind of a pension, and uh, so yeah. I joined the business, and uh, and so so for the first ten years I was working for the in the business with no compensation. Then I then I joined the then, then I retired and and I joined the business full time, and uh, I was taking. But anyway, so so the, and so here we are, and and so here we are in 2021 and and uh, we have a successful successful thing going and you know the the i'm very i'm very proud of 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 how how we responded to to the covid uh, pandemic you know yeah because because uh, we we had we had an online store but now the the online store is very strong and and uh, the curbside the curbside pickup didn't confuse us at all. I mean, we picked up for serve, got bicycles yeah. and skis for service right at the curb. We we bought and sold stuff. You could buy stuff on online, and and pick it up at the store or curbside or whatever. Um, and and when it was allowed to to have customers inside the store, so I'm very I'm very proud that that we were we managed. As a matter of fact, Monica surprised me by saying 
that during that during this this COVID pandemic, we actually hired more people. Oh, that's, that's great! That's cool. I, I I'm very I'm very proud of uh, I'm very proud of uh, how, how this is. It and I tell you, I'm, I'm very some... proud of our staff because those are awesome people. I mean, every one of our employees is an athlete of some kind. Mm -hmm. uh, every time you you need uh, expertise, you, you can you will be talking to a biker, or a tennis player, or a, or whatever whatever you you need you know whatever uh, yeah so yeah anyway, no, this um, is <laughs> are my cycling club cycle fit chicks uh was sponsored by your store for two years and we had a great experience there um good service good deals we did some shopping nights we had a barbecue we did um we did bike yeah. maintenance clinics and uh yeah. Yeah, it was good times, but uh, I know now that you guys have one, two, three, four stores. No, five. Yeah, no. four stores. Two on Bank Street, one in Canada, and one in Chelsea. Yeah. So, how's the Chelsea one doing? It's it's really it's really you know it's a nice little it's a nice little uh, boutique you know it's a it's a beautiful store, it's a brand new building. We moved in there and. Uh, that was the first time we moved into a building and we didn't have to fix the floor and fix the wall. Oh, it must have been we nice. We just moved in and, and yeah, it was beautiful. And, it's, and we it's actually a nice were lucky. We, we have experts. We have very, very recognized experts working there. You know, we have a, yeah. we have this, this guy, uh, Eric, Eric Bernard, that, that was, uh, that is, he's known, he's known as a, as a great mechanic, uh, uh, industry-wide and then there's the Philip Lishkovsky that guy that guy everybody knows him as a as a ski boot fitter and uh, like he's very good so anyway uh we, we have a but that was have, um yeah I mean we've we've yeah we talked a lot um yeah I was excited to actually see another bike shop in the Chelsea area especially one oh, that nice. did like downhill nice. skiing because yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think that there's anything close by actually that caters to downhill skiing in that in our well i mean the, they they have a fortune fortune has a ski shop oh they do well and and there used to be shaver shaver sports you know scott shaver used to have a shop at fortune yeah yeah then he moved then he moved down to chelsea actually he he opened a shop you know where mama teresa is now yeah but he wasn't successful. That was like oh, I remember that. That was I remember Scott that. Yeah. He's a he's a he was a national team. He's an Olympian, but uh, <laughs> he made he made a he made a mistake by by moving out of Fortune. Yeah. And um, anyway, so yeah. Yes. Well, we feel this the, is we feel been, the, yeah. so so being an entrepreneur. Are you enjoying? Are you retired from this the shops or what's your what's your role well, right now? Well, <laughs> to be honest, you know, uh, not voluntarily. I, I uh, are you just uh, enjoying the, downhill skiing and hit. and the grandkids? Well, I I ski every day almost, and I uh, and I and and I and I am involved in the business, uh, you know, but much less than before. I used to be there every day, or or at least three four times a week. Yeah, and I, you know, and I. Anyway, it's the pandemic that really messed up my life. It, oh, uh, yeah. 
I mean, I'm old and, and my kids think that, uh, that uh, COVID will kill me. But I think, I think the, the withdrawal, withdrawal from, the, from, from the activities will probably kill me before the COVID will. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, a lot I mean, of people still, kind I, of feel I, that uh, way. I help, I help customers and I, you know, I, I, I meet a lot of people at, at Fortune and uh, so I'm still, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not gone, but uh, yeah. Uh, are you I'm not, not very good down. at retiring, you know, because I'm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know retirement's kind of like a very loose word. Like my dad is a, is like the same, you know, you say he's retired, but really he's not like, you know, you can never stop kind of the business and the man um, and they, he just keeps finding other things to do. <laughs> it's important for your self-worth, self you know, mm -hmm. to, to be able to wake up in the morning and, 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 oh, I have to do something, you know, like yeah. to have a goal, to have something to, yeah. And I, and I'm working hard at, at uh, yeah. I mean, I had some, I had some health issues and so I'm recovering and I'm doing well and, and I feel, I, I feel strong and I, and I hope, I am hoping actually to get back to ski racing next year. <gasps> really? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, I, uh, <laughs> I was testing myself this year and I think, I think I passed, you know, at least. <laughs> Are you like well, I had some issues with my eyes and with my, uh, I had knee replacement surgeries and all kinds oh, of stuff. Okay. <laughs> Well, I, feel I know that you're going to get back at it because, you know. Well, so, sorry, I gave you such a long, long story. Hey, and, and no. I, oh, my gosh. Me, I... Don't be sorry, Peter. That was amazing. That was really good. And, you know, we're going to wrap it up. And I, I encourage everybody to go to coonstats.com, pick up Peter's book, and just dive into, you know, the the past and, and um, his story about how he got over to Canada. Um, I am really intrigued about getting into this book. Um, it's, it's really well laid out. And um, anyways, and I encourage you guys to go to the website and pick yours up today. Um, yeah, The Promised Land, A Life's Journey Success on, on, to Canada. On the, on the face, that's, that's my dad and me. Oh, that little guy. That's that little guy. That's me. Hey guys, can you see that? In Slovakia. Yeah. 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 I'm going to give this a go. I'm going to give this a read. Thank Excellent. you so much. And look, he might even, he, he signed it for me. Thank you. <laughs> well, thanks very much. Thanks. Thanks for the opportunity. It was very nice. I enjoyed oh, it. It was my pleasure. And you it know what? Fun. Like, how could I not? Like I said, you're such you're such a legend. I mean, your kids Thank are a legend. You. Your store is one of the oldest, most reputable stores in Ottawa for you know a lot of things. Like you said, tennis to downhill skiing to cycling. I mean, you're, you're always at the ski skiing, hills. Yeah. Um, you see their Kunstat some um, flags, uh, support representatives like posters. Um, and you're just great, uh, I guess, uh, supportive of the community, communities, oh, we, we are definitely, I should say. We are definitely, we are definitely part of the community. We definitely. Yeah. Uh, and I help. didn't realize yeah. like your kids were so involved in all the sports, like the tennis to, to, um, oh, yeah, yeah. 
Eric and Ron yeah. were actually on Ontario team ski jumpers. Yeah, I you know read those, that. Those I read jumps, it. Those hundred meter jumps. Uh, they were they were Ontario team. They were actually pretty pretty impressive. Well, I read your little <laughs> that was insert. One thing I was scared of. I read your little insert here where you said you couldn't support them to send them to to the the camp, the ski camp, and then they went into they went ski into jumping. Uh, jumping and made a success of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they're, how could they not? You know, like, uh, <laughs> you just give them a different focus and they'll. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm very proud of my kids for sure. Yeah, you should be. All right, well, thank you because, you know, it's a family business and, you know, if it weren't for you, if it yeah. weren't for them, we wouldn't have Kunstad Sports here in the Ottawa region and Chelsea, so. Make sure everybody that you put your notifications on and that you share this with um, somebody you know who's probably you been to Kunstad Sports. You know, wonder how, what's the story behind where it originated. Um, put your notifications on, give us a five-star review and thank you so much for listening um, to our listeners and thanks a lot. Um, I'm gonna have to tag Eric and Ronnie in this and uh, <laughs> when it's posted um so anyways have an amazing day and thanks again peter it was uh thank you very much a pleasure thanks, thanks, thanks for the opportunity thank you so much for spending this time with me on the secrets from the saddle podcast learning more about sighting people places and things that make cycling such an exciting sport i am so glad you stopped by today Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.